Beautiful soul, have you ever wanted to speak to angels? Do you believe angels can support you in your daily life? If this is you, go onto my website, theangelmedium.com and sign up for our email list. As a gift for signing up, I'm going to send you 31 healing meditations that if you do daily, they're going to help you tap into your angels and your own intuition. Start using these today and you'll start to see changes in 31 days. Now take a deep breath. Ask your angels to surround you with love, fill you with joy, infuse you with ease. And remember, your angels say that any messages that resonate with you in today's episode are meant just for you. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we're here with Jenna Kutcher. You might have seen her on the Today Show way years back where she had a very body positive photo with her husband on the beach. You may have seen her over on Instagram. She has a new book out called How Are You Really? And Jenna, I'm just going to say this. Remember that point in the devil wears prada where anne hathaway is picking like a color blue where she's like making fun of them yes the cerulean blue yes <laughs> i i feel like you have been an influencer too in like the home decorating industry i feel like you created a form of green that keeps yeah. showing up within <laughs> like but every oh. time i think of you i yes. think that so cerulean blue but you've got Isn't the green buddy Oh, I love that. I I love that movie and I love specific colors and people always like tease and I'm like, I just know what I like. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I love that. So you're moving, you're moving into a new house and yes. I'm really wondering how that's going to shape yeah. home decorating too. Are you planning anything? You know, it's so funny. So we're building and um when we were when we navigated the pandemic, we ended up moving up. We have a spot on Lake Superior that we're at right now. And it has 20 acres in the woods and we didn't ever plan on living here and we just packed up and came up north and having land to roam was like something that just opened our eyes. It, it's almost like we're different people. And so we ended up um, buying a huge plot of land and just waiting, sitting on it until the right time came to want to build. And so we'll see what happens. We are stepping out a little bit with like fun colored tile and things like that. But there are parts of me that are very traditional. <laughs> <laughs> that is um, awesome. Um, so in your book, How Are You Really? You kind of dive into these three layers of topics where you kind of come in and say, crystallize your own sense of identity, really clear on who you are. And as you've gone through like entrepreneurship and you get to know on other entrepreneurs, you see a very clear roadmap, right? That we've all kind of been through mm -hmm. one of the stages in this. And I think it might just be a human stage as well is coming back to yourself, right? Like looking at all of the rat race that you've been trying to keep up with society standards what everybody told you that you should be doing and saying screw the shoulds what is it that i want to be doing right yeah. here right now and i think that there's a book with that title out there talk to us a little bit about the 
this journey for yourself and what that was like to come home to yourself. Yeah. There's this line in the book that says like, sometimes the best voices don't guide us forward. They guide us home. And I feel like for entrepreneurs, there's a lot of different seasons of entrepreneurship. And when you're stepping into something new, the first thing that usually comes barreling at you is imposter syndrome, right? Like, who am I to do this? Um, What will people think when I change? How will that create a chasm between what people think of me or know of me and who I want to become? And it's really interesting because... I actually was talking to one of my best friends in the business space the other day. And I, and she just said to me, she's like, I just wish I could learn how you stay so true to what it is you want. And so unapologetically, like in alignment of like, here's what I want. Here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to say no to anything that doesn't line up with that. And I think that that's a testament to like that coming home to myself, like constantly checking in, like, how does this feel? And is this opportunity really aligned with what I say is important? And what are my values? And how does today reflect my desire to hold those values first? And I think a lot of that comes from that winding path of entrepreneurship where imposter syndrome comes in and we're like, our deepest desire is to just simply blend in so that nobody can call us out, right? Have you ever experienced that, Julie? Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, It's really interesting, isn't it? And I think too, entrepreneurship almost requires us to like clothe ourselves in a new identity every time we want to pivot or change or step into a new space. It's almost like we have to like clothe ourselves with the identity and show up as that sort of person so that we build our own belief in ourselves while the world kind of adjusts to who we are and how they define us. Yeah. Did you find that that you were that way as a kid? Because my mom says that I was the most stubborn child, (laughs) never (laughs) listened to anything. And she's like, you just kept going like a freight train in the direction that you wanted to go. Yeah. I remember this story that my parents tell me. And um, we live in Northern Minnesota. And I remember one day my dad was like, I'm going to go out fishing. And I was like, please, dad, can I come with? And he gave me literally every single reason why I couldn't. Like, he's going to be up early and it's going to be a long day and it's going to be boring and there's not going to be food. And for everything he said, I was like, I'll bring a pillow and a blanket. I'll pack snacks. I'll bring, you know, and And I was just always the person who was like one step ahead of like, no, here's why I can. And, you know, even in my entrepreneurial journey, when I decided to like walk away from security and stability and 401k and all these things, my parents came to me with really great questions of like, what is the plan? And for every question they had, I had an answer. And so I feel like I've always been someone who's forward thinking enough because I I don't love risk. Like I don't love that feeling of like, okay, there's a good chance this might not work out. And so I feel like my risk averseness always creates action plans because for me having an action plan of like, here's what I will do if this terrible scenario happens helps give me that like clarity and confidence to keep moving forward. Yeah. So I know that... There was a point at which when I first started my business and the podcast, I always just followed spirits, divine inner guidance for me one step at a time, like one nugget of information at a time. I'm just going to take action on this, see where it goes. You start to get into some of these entrepreneurial mentorship groups and they're like, okay, now there's like a specific way to do this. And you start to rethink everything that you've done. That actually brought me full circle 
to realize that every single step spirit had given me was the right step and me questioning or self-doubting wasn't the right thing to do like really just Mm -hmm. trusting my gut trusting my intuition trusting what the angels are saying and moving forward on it was right how much do you balance your intuition with these traditional business methods that are out there oh i love this this is such a good question i remember the day that my publisher told me that my book was going to be categorized as self-help or personal development and i was like No. (laughs) And I didn't mean that in a negative way, but I was like, the world has so many self-help books out there. Well, I want my book to be as a book that guides you back to the self part of it, to the personal part of the development process. Right. Because what I think has happened as a society is like, we're so obsessed with like, give me the skills, give me the systems, give me the strategies, like give me all these things. But what we've forgotten to do is like, look at the person And what we know to be true about the person and what is our inner truth of this person so that as we develop, we do it in a way that reflects our personal desires and knowing and longings. And so it's been really interesting for me because being someone who is surrounded by some of the most brilliant minds, they all have ideas of what I should be doing or could be doing or ways I should be growing. And for me, like I have just really gotten good at taking all of the information in and just releasing what isn't meant for me. And I love um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, where she talks about like ideas of energy. And like, if you're not the right person for the idea, it will move on. And a lot of times I almost have to envision like this idea, just like bouncing to me and me being like, no, thank you. And then it like scoots to the right person (laughs) um, because it helps me just release those like expectations of like, I have to be the person that fulfills this thing. And um, I've, you know, developed many like different methods and tools in my own mind of like, here's how I take like what is actually meant for me. And here's how I just release the rest of it unapologetically. But I honestly think it is part of my secret sauce in having that deep knowing of like who I am as a person and trusting that first before putting like the world's or even my friends, like ideas and systems and strategies to work in my own life. That's amazing. So that kind of brings me to the second part of your book, where you really dive into mentorship, support. And I wrote a book um, recently, and I talk a lot about what I call your earthbound spirit team. So we all have a spirit team on the other side, angels, guides, loved ones who are always in our ear, talking through our intuition, speaking divine wisdom to us. But we also have that through connection and one another here, and we can be earth angels to one another here. How much has mentorship really helped you to expand both business-wise and personally? Oh, so much. And it's funny because a lot of times people ask me like, you know, they want to get like the juicy scoop on like, which of my friend's circle is this? And a lot of times mentorship comes to me in people that you would never have heard their name before. And I think that's really important because, you know, a lot of times, like when you find yourself in circles with people who have done incredible things, such a blessing, but it can lead you to like get further from yourself if you're not careful. And so for me, like I look for the voices that like keep guiding me and welcoming me home. And for me, that's like my college best friends. I was literally just voiced texting with them. Like they've known me since I was 18 years old. Um, It's my sister and my mom. It's my grandparents. It's like 
high school teachers. It's like the people who remind me of who I've always been. And so it's really interesting because I think I am very cautious about what voices and information I allow into my life and my space. And I also almost have to like set up boundaries or like guards in information that is coming from sources that maybe don't know who I really am, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I just think it's really interesting, especially as we're walking out of the pandemic and kind of really looking around and saying like, who are my people? And like, where is my community? And like, who am I doing life with? And who am I sharing my dreams with? And who am I being honest with? And who am I leaning in with? And I think a lot of us are really lonely. And there's this line in the book that says like, loneliness isn't being in isolation. Loneliness is being surrounded, but not fully known. And so it's like, I want to put myself in places where I can like show up as like my funny self and like my deep self and like the mom version of me and the mom, you know, like all of the different versions of me, because I feel like my identity is so multifaceted and nuanced that I feel most like myself when I'm in spaces where I can just be me fully. And so I think for people that are listening, there's, you know, a part where we talk about like, you have to know yourself to grow yourself. And I think that with this deep desire for us to always be developing or changing or evolving, we're not being honest about like where we are starting and we're sick of surface level relationships. But unless we're willing to like go there first, a lot of times people don't feel safe to like know that this space is welcoming you to show up wholly as you are. And so I just think it's really important as we look at like who we are letting into our life and how we're letting voices speak into our lives that we do so with a level of discernment, but also with people who are inviting us to be like the truest version of ourselves. I think that's such wise advice. And let's go a little deeper into this because you have insight and... I feel like they're, remember growing up, you're younger than I am, but I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And you had this kind of untouchable level of stardom, right? That you'd watch people on TV or movies. And now you find people who have success at all these different types of levels, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Micro influencers. Um, Where I want to go with this is it's been isolating. There are parts of being an entrepreneur that are very lonely, that are very isolating. And you do meet a lot of people. You try and kind of, in my early stages in the business six, seven years ago, try and bring in some friendships. But I had to learn how to be boundaried with that because it's almost like people wanted me to be on all the time. Like, tell me what's going to happen and what's coming through for you now. And it's like, I just need space to be me. And so I really create this big boundary now between my friends and I and my family, where if they want to see somebody, they can go to somebody else. I've got numbers I can refer you to. (laughs) And same with my friends. Like, I just need a place to be human and make mistakes and speak openly and work through things and process. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think about this often. And I mean, we live in Minnesota. And so it's like a beautiful place to live to stay grounded because nobody really cares. Um, Like (laughs) our neighbors are like, Oh, you wrote a book. When did you have time to do that? Like, it's just because they see us out with the kids or, you know, it's just a very humbling journey in a beautiful way where it's like, this is just the work I do. It's not who I am. And I think that's a really important distinction. I remember even in the writing process, 
one of my friends said that, you know, he's seen a lot of authors almost go through this like depressive state after the book is out because they've wrapped up so much of their identity in it. And then, you know, they collect the feedback from it and that like fuels how they feel about themselves. And he said to me, he said like, this is not your life's work. This is just a very important piece of work in your life. And I love that distinction because it just helps you separate like, here is what I do for a living or how to provide or how I make an impact. But like, here's who I am as a person. And um, so at one, I think just living where we live is like a beautiful reminder of like, I am just like everybody else. Friend, if the idea of connecting to your angels and changing your life using your very own spiritual gifts sounds amazing and is deeply resonating with you today, I want you to go on my website and check out my angel membership. Registration is open. Sign up today and you'll get access to new course content and events each week and a private community. Members love how everything you need for your spiritual awakening is all in one place. Sign up today, angel membership. It's incredibly healing. Also, the winner of this month's free reading with me is in the show notes below. Leave a five-star positive review of my podcast or book, and you could be next month's winner. Lastly, check out the upcoming events page on my website, theangelmedium.com, because we have a lot of upcoming events that I know you're going to be interested in. But on top of that as well, I have found that like the deepest relationships I have are people that have just been with me on the journey, right? It's not the people entering at this stage of the game. And I've had to really um, kind of understand that like, I'm not responsible for someone's experience with me. You know, um, for example, I was like going through TSA with a three-year-old and a newborn and the three-year-old's melting down and someone comes up and they're like, I'm a fan. And like, I was so excited to meet them, but it was like the worst moment. Like it was just a straight up mom (laughs) moment, you know? And you're just like, I'm in a moment right now. And I really want this to be special for you, but like, I'm also a mom first. And so I've had to like, learn to like release that, that feeling of like, I'm responsible for somebody's experience with me. Um, and I would rather have them have a genuine experience than a fake one. And so it's really interesting, but to me, it's like, so precious to meet people that I've impacted because I think a lot of times we're just head down in the work, you know, you're stepping up to the mic or writing the post or like whatever. And it's really easy to forget that ripple effect. And so to be reminded of it is just like this beautiful call back into the work of like, this matters and what we do matters. And I love that too. Yeah. And I love that you talk about that as well. Um, Like I see us all as souls as being completely equal. There isn't anybody um, who's higher or lower than another person. We're all just on our path doing our own thing and really encouraging one another and helping Mm -hmm. one another come to their own truth, which is really what your book speaks to. Let's talk about your grandma. You have a grandma that's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, how long has she been on the other side? Five years. Okay. Was that during one of your mis 
carriages. And I'm so sorry to bring no, this no, up. No, 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 bring it up. It's like a message that has come through actually over the years for you. And I actually think I reached out to your assistant one time. I was like, Jenna ever wants to come on the show or just talk like I've got messages for her. Oh my gosh, I would have come <laughs> on in a heartbeat. I am so open and like, so like, tapping into a lot of this lately. Um, yeah. So my grandma met or was with me when I was pregnant for the first time. And then like in between our losses, she left. And so it was interesting because she had never experienced miscarriage before. And so I think it was just something like that was really interesting to like navigate. So there was something coming through because there was more than one miscarriage, correct? Mm -hmm. And what she was bringing through back in the day, and as I was getting closer to this interview, she said, would you please tell her? And I said, yes, of course. I see, Jenna, sometimes that a soul wants to come through, that they're not able to come through at that moment. But it's not like that soul is still on the other side. She said, sometimes you think of these baby souls like they're still over there. And she said, would you tell her they're not? They're they're with you because the souls that were trying to come through, even in multiple different pregnancies, are the babies that you have here and now. I totally receive that and understand that. And I feel that. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because it's like, I feel like with miscarriage, it's such an interesting loss in the sense of like, you're almost robbed of future joy mm -hmm. where there's no other loss on the planet where like, you're then afraid to like enter in to some sort of desire. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's really interesting because yeah, she knew, and I still have this plant that she gave me when we lost our baby that I like, it is my love fern that I will keep alive. <laughs> yes. Um, Cause I just think about that season a lot. And then it's like, to me now, I can see in the path that like I wasn't ready. And I'm not saying that that was why the losses happened, but like the loss and the souls were like the teachers that I needed to become who I was meant to become to be the mother I wanted to be. And she said this three times too. And the time you needed more time to get to that point. She said that time was a gift, even though it didn't look like that in the moment. Um, speaking of three, she keeps bringing up a third, which I, I don't know if you're ready for yet, but I feel like you guys haven't closed the door to the idea of a third. Well, you haven't yet. I mean, <laughs> never thought we would want three. And I don't know if we do yet. Yes. But we haven't we haven't closed that door formally. We're like resisting it. Don't have to. You know yeah. that energy yeah. yes. where it's just a pure yes and you're like alignment, flow, I feel yeah. you, I got you, here we go. And then there's no energy where you're like for certain, mm -mm, not going there, can't do it. But then there's this middle gray area where you're in this maybe, I don't know. You don't have all the puzzle pieces just yet. She said, if you want to bring that baby through, you can. You don't have to know right now. Just be happy like where you are. You're not the first person that has said this, Julie, as oh, like really? a message from above. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, your mind works in a way where it likes to categorize things and organize stuff. And you just like to have answers sometimes. Yeah. And I feel like just being in the I don't know is yeah. the lesson itself. Yeah. And I, I'm like actually allowing myself to sit with things a little bit more. 
and not try to rush it because I am very linear. I've discovered that I have ADHD, which is something my parents never told me. Yeah. Um, for years and years and years. And like they I don't think they fully knew, but now it's been so interesting, like unpacking a lot of my tendencies or like even the way that I work or my brain works, which is really interesting. Okay. And that totally reminded me where I wanted to go before, but I do have one more message, but this is for your mom, because this is your mm-hmm. mom's mom, correct? Is this mm-hmm. dad's mom? Mm-hmm. Okay. But they were very close. They were very close. This is for your mom for the future too, but also now there's people that she misses on the other side that she thinks about a lot. And I like to teach people to think about our loved ones on the other side in a different way, which is we believe in the concept of a higher self, right? Like a part of you is always in heaven. A part of you is always here. Well, if your soul returns to heaven when you pass the other side, your higher self was always there. You're just coming home to yourself. And so what they need her to know is to think of those loved ones on the other side as she can connect through her higher self to be with their energy. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, I love that. I love all of this stuff, Julie. And I feel like lately we've just been getting so many like signs things energy like it is it has been wild like i feel like the frequency has just been cranked up in a wild way well that's what i want to go into too because when you kind of open yourself up to god universe source and say i'm a tool work through me they do they come in and just work like this force so i can see where they're like pulling back even more layers here's what i'm going to say for people who listen to the podcast you think in life you can't grow anymore and then oh you can oh yeah you're put through this and you're put through this and you're tested in this way and it can be big and overwhelming as a business owner too sometimes because it's on a different level and you've got employees to take care of and this and that going on do you have a spiritual practice because that's what your grandma said just now too they're calling you to that spiritual practice of like really some automatic writing or some morning pages because there's your like open portal right now a lot is coming through downloads for you oh tell me everything keep this coming um i literally just bought a journal the other day to start writing like pen to paper again Um, And I have been meditating, which is something that I said I could never do because of the way my brain is. And over the last like 60 days, I've been every single day and I do it a lot when I'm nursing my baby, like I will just meditate and it's crazy how I can like drop in so much faster now. Um, But yeah, I like have been, I literally just bought a brand new notebook like three days ago to start like journaling again and just like writing things down. So did you know that there's two philosophies of thought on meditation? There's more the traditional like Eastern philosophy of thought where you are just sitting in lotus position, clearing out your thoughts, but not doing anything else. Then there's kind of more the Eckhart Tolle method of it's a vibrational frequency. When people talk about higher vibe, I call it oneness. You're stepping into the highest vibration that is. Your soul is God's energy. My soul, all souls are God's energy. So you're stepping into that frequency. But in this philosophy, you carry it with you in your everyday, like all the time. Yes. Yes. And it's crazy too, because I can like literally just like, like I can feel my nervous system calm. And I feel like that 
I used to think that meditation was the like emptying of your brain. And my brain is a busy place, let me tell you. And so I could never subscribe to that because I was like, my brain is just like always going. But to me now I look at meditation as like having an awareness around my thoughts and being able to like thought shepherd, like, thank you for this thought. And now I'm coming back home and like, just like coming back to my breath, coming back to like the sounds like the other day I was meditating and I like didn't have headphones and didn't have a meditation playing. And I was just listening to like my daughter and my husband playing and like just this awareness. And it like makes the world just like so much richer because you're awake to it. It's so cool. It's so cool. So this ties into your ADHD. And I'm wondering if you've identified this about yourself too, because I just identified this about myself. I didn't realize that one form of anxiety is overachievement, where you feel like you have to keep going, keep going, keep doing. It's never good enough. Keep creating. Do you find that within yourself? I find that I want to be productive all the time. Like I like even when I have like a 5 minute window, it's like what can I do that is like doing, not being. And so I I for me rest takes just as much work as working does, if not more. Like it takes yeah. more intentional thought and practice to be still (laughs) than to like go full steam ahead. That's easy for me. That's autopilot. And so it's like, how do I get comfortable with being uncomfortable with being still, which is so fascinating. Yes. And, um, who wrote Atlas of the Heart? Brene Brown. Yeah. Yep. I think she's got this down 110%. Yes. Um, But the ADHD part, I think a lot of our parents thought it was like a hyperactivity, but in females, it's not. It's a hyperness of the thoughts. Like your your thoughts are on auto speed. And you get obsessed. Yes. You can hyper focus on one thing, walk through, like if I showed you around here, all of my different piles of papers, but I know where everything is. Exactly. (laughs) It drives Drew nuts because he is like, I should have known when we were in college. I remember there was this instance where I was like, Hey, do you have like a triple A battery? And he like pulls out this Tupperware that's like perfectly organized with like the triple A. And like, I would be the person digging through the drawers. Like there's one in here somewhere. Like that is just how we are so different. But like, I have like organized chaos. Like it's organized in my mind, but it's chaos to the external world, which is fascinating. Oh my God. I would have been the person taking, robbing one battery from one clicker to the other and then forgetting like the next three trips to the grocery store. Yeah, (laughs) same, same, same. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. So here's what I want you to know about this as you're diving into the spiritual aspect. I find that people with ADHD actually have a really easy time with spiritual awakening because they're used to that internal dialogue that they've had their entire life. And it even takes you into a greater awareness, fulfillment, purpose, feeling within yourself. Like, I've got this. I'm on the right track. I've had so many instances. So in my book, in the epilogue, there's a story about a woman named Thea who is very intuitive. Um, she's like an intuitive healer by practice. And the whole book exists because she literally, I went to her for a massage. I had no idea who she was. I literally just signed up on a local website for a massage and the universe rearranges schedule. And so that day I get a phone call and they're like, Hey, something was wrong with the scheduling. Could you come in now? And they like moved me around. So I show up 
Theo was my massage therapist. And anyways, at the end of the massage, she says to me, she said, there's something you need to do and you know what it is. And I need you to go out and do it. And it was write a book. And I like did not have a book on my vision board. It was not part of like the plan. It was not, you know, like the linear version of me was like, what? Anyways, I just saw Thea again the other day. So this is two years later and she's been somebody like close into my life and um, she does another massage. And so I'm like waiting afterwards, but I was also like, ah, and she was like, you already know, like you're grounded, you're open, you're balanced, like you're ready. And then she was like, you are, you have been tapping into a lot of different things because you're so open right now. And there's a lot coming through that, like you, I don't even have to tell you what it is. And I was like, this is so wild too. Just like when you do like start to open yourself up and like welcome it in, it is bananas. It's bananas. Amazing. So I've heard you talk about some of these retreats you've been to with some of the biggest brilliant minds, including yourself in business. You've got the top number one marketing podcast on Apple Gold Digger. Yeah, I think it's number 24 or ranks like really high up as the top business podcast on Apple. I'm wondering, because there's been times in my life where I've met people, had mentorship, where just one thing that they say opens you and you step into this incredibly new part of your business, new level of your business, but it always then filtrates into your personal life too, just kind of takes you to the next level. What have been those top three to five aha epiphany moments that you've learned that have taken you to the next level? Yeah. So the first one that comes to mind is after I had my daughter Coco, I remember feeling this like fear that like my mojo was gone. Like I just remember because I was just like so content and it was beautiful. And I was like, am I ever going to like want to like do this stuff again? And I remember someone said to me like, no, 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 Jenny, you're a lifestyle entrepreneur. And I was like, what does that mean? And like, they were like, there's two types of entrepreneurs. There's like achievement-based entrepreneurs and there's lifestyle entrepreneurs. The achievement-based are the people who always want more. They'll never be satisfied. They're ruthless in the pursuit. And the lifestyle ones just want to make an impact and do enough to live the sort of life that they want. You're a lifestyle one. And no one had ever like given me that distinction or like words around that. And it just felt like a relief where I was like, Oh, that's why I'm not like obsessed with like outdoing myself or, you know, just growing, growing, growing. Like I don't want to grow year after year because that requires more work and I don't want more work. I want more time. So that was a really big one for me. Um, the other ones were just like these reminders. Um, for example, like we went to Fiji and I was the only female amongst all men. And um, we had been invited to this trip. It was amazing. And I had a nine month old and I was just like, my value system says that like success to me is like being with my family, putting my daughter to bed at night, waking her up in the morning. So if I'm going to Fiji, she's coming. And um, it was very, I mean, I have to say that I have incredible male peers, but like, this is also new to them. And they were very welcoming and inviting to it. But I also think they were very curious about like, what is this going to look like? And how is this going to work? And, you know, there have just been these times in my career where I've had to like put my foot down and be like, if you want me, you get us because this is just where we're at. 
And um, I've always done it in a way that makes sense and is appropriate. But at the same point too, I think I push the boundary on what that can look like. And that has just been a really like, you know, affirming thing where, you know, then we went on to like have a three week family trip and like, it was just this incredible experience, but like, it wouldn't have been possible if I had just been like, I'm going by myself or like I'm in. Yeah. And then the other parts of it too, is it's like funny because a lot of times I will get asked questions by people I look up to where it's like, they see something in me that's different. And it's just that reminder of like, I am supposed to be different and I should honor those differences. Just like I teach my daughters to, you know, like, like the differences have got me to where I am. Um, and I just think it's always this beautiful reminder of like, oh no, like the way my brain works is like a beautiful thing. And like when I can speak into other people's lives in that way and like challenge the way things have been to open up like a new way of things being, I think it's just always like a really great reminder for me. And I always give that lesson when people I respect ask me a question and I'm like, Oh, I thought that was common sense to everyone. This is just how it is. You know, it's (laughs) it's not, it's how you do it. So it's always interesting. That's interesting. So you really like the metrics and the data and looking at numbers behind the scenes. I feel like the ADHD part of my brain I don't even really know how to read a profit and loss statement. Like I look at it and I have dyslexia with numbers too. I'm always swapping them. I have so much anxiety when it comes to numbers and what you really need to be looking at. What do you really need to be looking at within your business? Because so many people who listen to the show do have healing businesses of their own and they are trying to grow. So what do you recommend? Yeah. So it's kind of like the monster under the bed and you just need to turn the light switch on. Like you just (laughs) literally need to dive in and start to figure it out. So I have like three things that I look at on a weekly basis, which is profit and loss, like weekly sales. And then like any numbers that show me like where my community's at. So like, what are they interested in? So like, we're looking at like, what's resonating. So you kind of want to just have a grip, whatever platform you're on, you want to just have a grip of like, oh, this did really well, or people are asking about this, or this is curious. So like in my business, we track everything from like podcast downloads to email list growth to sales. Like we're just always looking for trends because I think trends help guide you forward as well. It's this mix of like you being called into something, but also knowing like, this is what people need because I feel like that's the sweet spot. And so one of the things that I think people get wrong, especially in businesses like this, is because you're passionate and gifted, it's almost like Drew and I joke about this because up in Northern Minnesota, like all of the skilled workers need virtual assistance so badly because it's like, it's like the dude that's the welder is trying to do invoices and like doesn't even know how to create them. And then they're sending an invoice eight months later. And we're like, are like, how is this working? But it's like the creative minds that can't get help because they don't even know what help looks like. And so it's really important that if you don't know what to look at, like you get help. So like I just have my accountant send me like the three, like the balance sheet and the profit and loss. And I just look at those because I'm like, if I saw everything, I'd be so overwhelmed and I wouldn't even know. So I'm like, tell me what's most important to be looking at. But what happens is, is a lot of times because we're afraid to look, we are either overvaluing our time or undervaluing it. And we only know that at the end of the year when it's tax time and we're like, 
oh, wait, I thought I made a lot more money or like, oh, if I would have like doubled down on this one thing that was responsible for 80% of my profits, I probably would have grown. Like, and so it's really fascinating because it's like when you keep a pulse on it, yeah, it helps tell you when things are going off course or where you can like really maximize your efforts. There's Pareto's principle, which is like the 90-10 rule where it's like 90% of your results will come from 10% of your efforts. And I think what happens is, especially from a financial standpoint, is we, because we're multi-passionate, we're always like trying to go wide instead of going deep. And that's the problem is because we're just like, here's another product of you. Here's another course. Here's another offer. Here's another thing. I can make money doing all these things. When in reality, if we just did one thing really well and like created a system around it, we would probably make more, but we would probably work less. Does that make sense? Interesting. So I've gotten to ask so many women this question. I'm excited to see your answer too. Is balance real? No. Can you find balance? If so, how? (laughs) If you... Okay, let's think of this illustration. So think of like the, the typical scale with the sand, right? Yeah. If you drop one extra grain of sand, you're out of balance, right? And if you actually study the word balance, balance is meant to be a moment in time, not something to be maintained. Mm-hmm. And so this idea that we're trying to maintain the semblance of balance is an illusion. Like it is not even possible. And like, for me, I've just had to come to terms with like, whatever I am focused on, it's going to be out of balance with the other things. So when I'm focused on motherhood, business is not going to be balanced with it. When I'm focused on business, motherhood is not going to be perfectly balanced. And for me, I've tried to invite in this blend idea, kind of like when I launched my book, we were in New York City, the kids are with, we're in Times Square watching a commercial. Like It's just like all of these things where I'm like, uh, one of my friends, Brendan Burchard, always says like, if you make it to the top and you're alone, you did it wrong. And so I'm like, how can I invite my family into my work in a way that like helps them to see my why so that if things are out of balance one way or the other, they know what that why is and they have bought into that as well. Does that make sense? Does that mean that your biz- your family has to work within the business? No, God, no. Okay, okay. <laughs> they just have to understand my <laughs> why enough. So like, okay. <laughs> in this, oh gosh, no. Drew and I would never work well together in that sense. We make a great team as parents, but like, no. I just think a lot of times as entrepreneurs, when we become obsessed with things, that obsession leads to resentment from other people in our lives because they don't understand why we feel so urgent about these things that we're doing. And so a lot of times we just think they'll never understand, but how could we help them to understand, right? How can we apply it in a way that like they have bought into it so that if you're cracking your computer open at 10 PM, because you have this brilliant idea that you need to get out of your brain, they are bought into why that matters to you or why it impacts the family unit as a whole. And so, you know, there are seasons where I am like out of balance, but that state has a finish line. So like when I was preparing to get my book out, like I was definitely working more than I normally do. But then I said, okay, and come August, I am off and I am taking time away from business so I can be all in with my family. And I think the problem with achievers is that we never draw the finish lines, right? We never allow ourselves to cross. We just keep pushing them further and further away. And when we do that, 
it builds up that resentment in our family where it's like, when is enough enough? Where do we stop? Like, where do we like pause? And so for me, I've like really learned that in order to protect myself from burnout, I have to draw in these boundaries or these lines in the sand that say, well done. Yeah. You have made it and now pause and rest and reflect. And I honestly come back a better entrepreneur and with better ideas when I actually take the time to check in and do that. Yeah, I get that on such a strong level. I think Blake and I throughout like our 15 years of marriage have come to come to that through so many conversations and at the beginning tiffs because he didn't understand. Um, But you also like some folks that I have interviewed too said the exact same thing in a different way. There's no balance in your days or your weeks, but there's balance in your months and the seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And so I started to realize he's a teacher. I can take the summer. And for the last two months, I've gotten to work like 10, 15 hours a week and just be home with my kiddo and enjoy the summer. So it's been really great. Yeah. Yeah. Jenna, your book Mm -hmm. is called How How are you really? It dives deep into helping folks really crystallize their own sense of identity, understand how to build your own earthbound spirit team, really take action in your life. Tell people where they can find you in the book. Yeah, you can find me anywhere online. I'm very easy to find at Jenna Kutcher. Um, or jennacutcher.com. And then the book, How Are You Really? You can go to howareyoureallybook.com or just go wherever books are sold. How Are You Really is the book. And I think you will love it. Yay. Jenna, thank you so much for being here and spending your time with us. Yes. Thanks for having me. This is amazing. Of course. Beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are sitting around you now, who's connecting with you, and how they're supporting you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a virtual session. You can do a reading with me or a member on my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the best they can to support you and guiding you to the life you want to live. Virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website, never, never, never offered on social media, only offered on theangelmedium.com. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts. You'll learn energy healing, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and business mastery skills. That's the Angel Reiki School. You can find more information on theangelmedium.com or DM me over on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions you have. Friends, before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hand on your heart, taking a deep breath, Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love in front of you. 
I want you to step into that love in front of you. And I want you to feel it as it fills your body, your chakras, and your auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.